listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the go, special ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig, and uh, happy first week of Olympics to you, question mark? It's the first hey, week, Hey, Joe. Right? I'm not making that up. It's just started, right? Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. The Olympics just started. <laughs> yes, right. That's just—it's the first oh, week. I'm not making that up, right? It's a thing. Yeah, I thought so. No, no, I thought so. Uh, yeah, so uh, I must say that I think we're going to have to talk to uh, Josh about redoing the introduction, though. Um, just to make it longer because it's awesome. Well, it is awesome, and it's so you can't hear Craig and I when we're doing the. We actually talk while the uh, music going. And usually I'm just singing it because I like it so much. It's such, it's, I love our intro. It's great. I missed it when we didn't hear it last week. Um, but we're going to have to have him change it so we could, uh, your hosts, uh, Joe Drugan and uh, famous, brilliant Twitter thinker, Craig McHenry. I think we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to have that changed up because Craig is now uh, very hashtag Twitter famous. Uh Time Magazine called me a genius, Joe. I, you should be so proud of that. I, I saw Stephanie's, uh, I think it was Stephanie that was like, we need to get a Time Magazine with Craig on the cover immediately. Like, I think that would be like this genius with the, with the swimming tweet. Very good. Very good. So yeah, yeah good, good I, I really tweet, think though. I need to be photoshopped onto the Time Magazine cover for person of the year. I, I think that should happen. I definitely think it should. Yeah. So, listen, talking to you but people. It's uh, been, uh. It's been a whirlwind, Joe. Yeah. So what's it, be, what's it like to have, you know, all of the retweets on a single tweet? Feels really good, but starts to get annoying. Yes. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. And I know you've, you've had uh, some stuff go viral before. Uh, not quite like yours. <laughs> your, um, yours. Yours transcended sport, friend. Apparently. Yeah. Time Magazine. Uh, I mean, BuzzFeed. Honestly, in uh, 2016, I think BuzzFeed is bigger. Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty good. Time pretty Magazine good. is what you tell your grandmother. Exactly. You tell, if is somebody over the age of 65, Time Magazine. Everybody else, BuzzFeed. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so currently I'm sitting at uh, 5,125 likes. <laughs> That's awesome. And 3,148 retweets. Hashtag so famous. Yeah, so, so good. super weird. Uh, I'm not looking forward to any other nights where she's racing. Yeah, because, because I, it just keeps I cannot back be up. on my phone. Yeah, it just keeps... See, you just like got, I can you barely turn scroll off those through notifications, Twitter. man. You gotta turn off those notifications. But no, it's been, it, it's been fun. It's been really weird and some hilarious responses um, that people think I was serious. Or, well, I was serious, but people, you know, People being a little, uh, uh, being a little serious, as it were. People thinking it was a bit on the nose. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, those people are wrong. Uh, so no, it's been it's been really funny seeing uh, like on Facebook, like my old college roommate posted today. Oh crap, dude, you're on Buzzfeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, good so. stuff. Good stuff. Well, now now you have to uh, stoke your brand. You know, now you've got you've got a Twitter brand. I do. And I actually did this morning because apparently there's a national anthem controversy. 
Oh, yeah, I saw that. I did see that. There's two, actually. Oh, I didn't see that. There's two. Michael Phelps. Oh, the the laughing? Yeah, the laughing. He was laughing. Do you know why he was laughing, Jeff? I, I, something about an O. Like a, yes. Uh, like his, a, a, his, a Baltimore O. Yeah, his Baltimore boys did the O. Yes. So, yeah, um, that was funny. And I said... A, a stupid joke, and it was funny, and whatever. <laughs> I said a joke, and I'm funny. I'm funny laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm very charming. You, you are very charming. Very true. Uh, all right. Well, enough about you being charming, even though you are so charming. Um, so let us. Talk let's get about to more of me being charming, and you know, baseball in general. And let's let you be charming. While, oh yeah. While talking about baseball. Um, so I, I yeah, when we, we were, missed you. We really missed you guys last week. We did miss you guys last week. It was really disappointing to not be able to do this show last week. I must say, it, it's when we don't get to do the show, it just kind of it kind of throws my whole week off. And then when this came about, I was like, oh my god, we haven't talked about so many things because of the trade deadline and everything else. So yeah, I'm I'm glad we we're able to do this. And we, speaking of, we've got trade deadline to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It, feels like so long ago but it was less than 10 days ago which is crazy it is crazy it is absolutely crazy that it was less than 10 days ago that the nationals made their made uh, what i'm going to argue is their biggest off-season acquisition or biggest in-season acquisition ever in uh getting mark melanson what do you what are your thoughts about that are you there wow biggest Biggest, you would maybe counter that Papelbon last year was, but it was a very different situation. It was a, a team that was in second place, maybe going for it, but really not going for it at all. Um, but yeah, I think it, uh, I think looking back, the Nationals made some really good deals in the past in uh, midseason that ended up being big deals, uh, ended up having a big impact, but... Uh, not so much of the immediate impact as Mark Melanson. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the case. You know, the, the Papelbon deal, I think in terms of, you know, a, a guy who has had quite a career in a, in a closing role that people know the name of, I think that makes it a pretty big deal, made the Papelbon situation a big deal. But it's a guy kind of on, was, even when he was acquired, was kind of on the downturn of his career a little, a little bit. Um, so I think that was a little bit um, less... Big, besides the fact that it's a well-known name. Um, but I think Melanson, like you said, it's the immediate impact of Mark Melanson that I think was like, oh, the, the Nationals went and did a thing and really didn't lose much in getting that thing. So I think that makes it even more impressive, uh, you know, Rizzo doing, yeah. doing the Rizzo thing. The, I think definitely the immediate impact uh, is the biggest. But, you know, if you look back at the past, I mean, Matt Caps for Wilson Ramos, I mean paying dividends today. Uh, Christian Guzman to the Rangers for Tanner Roark. I mean, still paying dividends today. And these were uh, moves, big moves at the time, but their impact is uh, probably a greater total impact than potentially Melanson's two and a half months with the team. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of direct uh, influence, I think it's got to be Melanson, the biggest impact now guy. Well, yeah. That, that... And that's because in the past, the Nationals haven't really been contenders. I mean, 2012, 
was kind of a surprise, and um, it was very much um, what's the Dusty Baker? It's magic. I ain't gotta explain shit. Yeah, right. Kind of season. And then 2014 was uh, much of the same, where it was just the team was gelling. There weren't really great weaknesses. And then um, this year, the Nationals had one glaring weakness, and Mike Rizzo got the job done. I mean, Mark Melanson is, he's got the statistics of a Roldis Chapman. He might not have the fastball. He's actually got a fastball that's, you know, Papelbon-esque. Right. 92-93. But his statistics are the same as Chapman's. And the Nationals got him for a third the cost? Less? Yeah. A quarter of the cost? I mean, a major league reliever who has honestly, admittedly, had a struggle bus of a season... Uh, and a prospect in, I believe it was Hearn. Yeah, Austin Hearn. That I think Austin, I don't know. Yeah, Austin Hearn. Taylor. Yeah, you Hearn. want to say Austin? Taylor. It Hearn. Sounds like Austin. Taylor Hearns. Hearn. I know. I was like, wait, nope, that was wrong. Yeah, Taylor Hearn. Speaking of uh, mid-year trades. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was caught up on that process, but yeah, and thank you for correcting me because you're right. Like when you think about the bigger impact, obviously the bigger in-season trade impact. You know, Guzman for. Uh, uh, oh God, Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark. Um, well, oh God, who was the pitcher that they had for a while that didn't pan out? Went to Korea. I forget his name. Uh, Ryan Tatusco. Yes, that's the one. Thank you. Um, and the acquisition, you know, the Matt Caps for Wilson Ramos. That's paying off pretty okay for the moment. Uh, but those weren't immediate impacts. Those were long plays. Neither of those guys made immediate impacts at all. So. Um, the Melanson thing was they have this this need and they're looking to fill it now. It kind of had more of an instant gratification feel to it that I think you can really look at and go, wow, they really went out and did a thing with this move. It, it was, it, it felt satisfying in the moment. It wasn't a long play. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels good. And watching Melanson out there, he's nasty. Yeah, that that curve or that knuckle curve that he has is stupid. It is, it is so stupid. The, watching the movement on that thing, it's it's unreal, absolutely unreal. He's got the super heavy sinker. He's just got devastating secondary stuff. That he's got three top quality pitches uh, coming out of the bullpen, which you don't see. Most relievers you see are one or uh, two pitch pitchers. You really don't see a lot of three pitch relievers, let alone three pitch closers who are as uh, dumbfounding as he is. I mean, I watched his uh, last actual save uh, before this recording, and the hitters don't know what's coming. They don't know what to do. They look lost. It's total confusion. Yeah, total confusion. I don't think I've ever seen a player on the Nationals confuse hitters that much. I mean, Steven Strasburg has the nasty pitches. Max Scherzer has the great pitches. Yeah. But it's most mostly when you face those guys, it's here's my best stuff. You know what's coming. You're just not going to hit it. Yeah, exactly. With Mark Melanson, with Mark Melanson, it's you have no idea what's coming next. I'm going to throw you uh, this crazy ass knuckle curve or whatever whatever pitch he calls it uh, on uh, first pitch of the at bat, and then I'm going to jam you inside with you know, 93 that's going to have some running motion to it. It's it's crazy. It, they don't know what's happening. 
He has three pitches he can throw at any time in any count and just keep the hitters off balance. And it, I've, I've not seen anything like that coming from the Nats. And to get him for just Felipe Rivero, that's phenomenal. Even if it's just for a couple of months, it's it's the need that the Nationals have. It's, you know, you you stock a farm in order to trade those guys for guys that you need. You know, you want to have guys that end up being your long-term players, and the Nationals have done an extraordinarily good job of doing that with Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg and Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner and Danny Espinosa and Ian Desmond for a while. I mean, we can go down the list forever. But um, there are some guys that you have to trade in order to – you can't get everything from your farm system. You can't do it. It's not possible. Um, at some point, you have to get rid of some of the guys in your farm system in order to get something – uh, get something that you need, and the Nationals did that extremely well. Um, and I, I think back and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it, it's possible just in this chunk of time that Melanson could be the most influential closer the Nationals have ever had outside of obviously Chad Cordero. But you know those yeah, were it's during, absolutely possible. But that's that was during you know terrible years when the Nationals were awful. So despite the fact that Cordero was good in, like, you know, the 80, 81 and 81 first season where he was a huge part of that despite the fact that he kind of fell apart at the end of the year, like, Melanson Yeah, but has how many chance... years during that was it the Nationals don't need a closer? They're terrible. Well, that's exactly my Why point. Why are they right? having exactly. Cordero? So, yeah. It, it, it's a huge difference to have a guy like uh, 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 Melanson in that role. It's just, it's huge for the team. It's huge. So yeah, he's uh, been great so far. I love watching him. Yeah, me too. It's it, it's it was the right acquisition to make at the time, and you just hope that he can he can keep the level of performance up and do what the Nationals need from a closer that they've really never had since they've been good. They've just never had it. They've never had that guy that's going to lock down the good the best hitters from another team or that that ninth inning. It's just eluded the Nationals since the first time they made the playoffs. So uh, you just got to hope that, that this is the guy. And I think that recent history has showed that he very well may be. Not to say that's everything. They're, everybody else has to do their job too. But um, he, he is a huge piece of that. He's just one guy, and, but he's a huge piece. And all the credit goes to Papelbon. He said the right things. He's doing the right things. He's Absolutely. Being hilarious, looking like he's asleep out in the, bull, in the bullpen. Like asleep in somebody. I, some people had a problem with that, and I don't get that at all. I, I mean, the guy lost his job. He's been doing it for 10 years, and he was, ex- he was extremely, extremely good at it. And they hired a new guy. They brought in a new guy to take his job, and he was, by all accounts, okay with it. And he was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to lay here while Melanson warms up. Like, he was there. He was at the – I don't know. I don't get the issue with it personally. Yeah, anyway, uh, but credit to him for not uh, pulling a Drew Storen. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very accurate. Um, much much credit who is, to him. Who is uh, uh, Seattle Mariner Drew Storen? Yeah, I was going to say, he, he's on he another got team TFA. Yeah, he's on another team. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, anything else about the trade deadline you want to mention? The Nationals, you know, that was the thing the Nationals did. But do you want to mention anything else? That was it. Yeah. Uh, I think there were some people unhappy that the Nationals didn't do enough, but I think they addressed the greatest need. Um, there were some people looking for some outfield help. I know the Nets were uh, uh, linked with a couple names, but nothing panned out. Yeah. I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I'm okay with it. I don't think we had the, we we saw a huge need like w- a, some nice to have situation for sure, but a like this team can't possibly win without doing these things. Uh, I think a relief pitcher was basically that list. <laughs> you know, they yes. they were nice to haves, but not requirements outside of a relief pitcher. I will say that. Um, yep. All right. Well, also, um, pretty soon after we recorded our last episode, uh, Craig and I kind of spoke quite a bit about uh, the Nationals need to have Michael Taylor not on the team anymore. And uh, Craig was the one that brought it up, and I completely agreed. We we talked about it at some length, and pretty soon after that, Michael Taylor was sent down to AAA, um, which I think yes. was a we which we talked about was a shrewd move. And uh, who was the corresponding move? Was that what when Turner came, Turner came up? I'm not sure. There have been so many moves. There's been a lot of moves um, happening. I don't remember who was the corresponding. New move. players, Zimmerman, DL, all sorts of stuff. So. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact corresponding move, but I don't think it really matters because I think it would have happened anyway. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, I think, and it needed to. I just think it was one of those things that needed to happen. Um, we, it's, you hope that he that he's a kid that figures it out. But the one thing I wanted to talk about here, it, and you know, we kind of mentioned it before, but um, I kind of want to look a little bit into the future on this because. On the flip side of that, Michael Taylor being sent down for, you know, not being able to hit really at all um, and have very little impact. And now Trey Turner is playing center field and doing it very well. Um, does With Trey Turner there and uh, able to play center field, with uh, Danny Espinosa hitting a free agent year, with... Uh, Ben Revere underperforming but still under contract for another year, and Michael Taylor under contract under team control basically for the rest of time. Do you think? How do you think this pans out for the team long term? Do you think that they look into, you know, they basically have three people on the team that are ready to play center field now. It seems like you know Turner obviously still has a lot to learn, but do you think that there's anything that can be done? Like, do you think one of those three, and I'm thinking more Revere and Taylor, get moved in the offseason because of, you know, an embarrassment of riches out in center field? Or do you think that Turner kind of is on the verge of returning back to the middle infield when, you know, if, if they don't resign Danny Espinosa? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way to say either way, um, just because Danny Espinosa will be a free agent. Uh, and the Nash, And he doesn't really have a lot of consistent playing time to really go get that big contract. I mean, we all love Danny Espinosa. He's fantastic, and he's a great uh, uh, he's a great member of the community. He does some fantastic things on the field. His defense is great. He goes through some of the greatest hitting spells you'll see, but he also goes some of, through some of the worst. Yeah. Uh, and he really hasn't been a starter at shortstop until this year. Exactly. He had some time when Ian Desmond was hurt, so he really... I, I don't know what his off-season free agent contract is going to look like. Yeah, because you're, you're right. Um, he, he did have that good chunk of time, but, you know, he's... You're talking he's becoming a free agent because he has six years of Major League Service time, and he doesn't really have much starting time to speak of to kind of hang his hat on. So how does that relate into a market where, 
you know, it's already people don't really tend to spend a whole lot of money on shortstops anyway. So, like, how does that pan out for his market in general? It's it'll be it'll be very yeah. interesting to see. I just I, I just can't stop Absolutely. thinking. So I don't yeah I don't think you can say what's going to happen with uh, the uh, center field situation if you don't know what's going to happen in the middle infield because if Danny Espinosa is gone then obviously Trey Turner is the incumbent to take over at short but if for some reason Danny Espinosa sticks around then I think Trey Turner has to play center field. Yeah, I think so too. I think that, that's kind of the way that I'm going. Uh, we didn't talk about this before because. I was just thinking it out, but that's exactly what I was thinking. I think if if they acquire a middle infielder or if Danny Espinosa gets signed to a, a new contract, uh, then I think the Trey Turner is going to be the starting center fielder going forward. But otherwise, and and I think that the Nationals would be wise to think down that path, to be totally honest with you. But um, I I think that if okay, they... Okay, so he's, he, he's, Danny Espinosa is under contract. Thank you, Michelle, for pointing that out. He is. He's a free agent after 2018. He's no. Is that he's, right? He's around. Apparently, I thought. I, I thought wrong. this was his free agent year. I thought so as well, but nope. Service time only a little over four years. Wow, that just changed. Okay, so that changes everything. How did I? I really so we're idiots. Pretty, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I I was like a hundred percent certain that Danny Espinosa was a free agent after this year. Oh, wow. So, uh, Trey Turner is your oh, uh, center sorry. fielder? He's, Ar- he's ARB eligible after this year and a free agent after next year. That's what, yeah. He's free agent for 2018, which means after the 2017 season. So, um, okay, yeah. Okay, so he, he's ARB eligible. So, th- that changes things then, doesn't it? <laughs> does that, how, uh, how yeah, does that modify bit. your answer? Just, just delete this part. And yeah, just I'll, cut it out I'll, I'll edit this part out for sure. Yeah, good. Um, uh, Trey Turner is going to be your center fielder unless Danny Espinosa is gone, which why would you get rid of a team-controlled fantastic shortstop? Yeah, which you're not going to. It's not going to happen. So right. so uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a move. Uh, I don't know what Michael A. Taylor's value is. Uh, maybe you hope that he has a big September if he gets called up. Right, right, and, and you make a move. Or, you know, you have people that are still willing to make a move off of potential with a guy that has – you know, less than two years of service time. So maybe, maybe somebody says, "Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna make that we're gonna make that uh, decision and, and go for it." Who knows? Uh, yeah. So thank you for that uh, correction and modification, Michelle. Appreciate it. Um, what correction? We deleted that part. Uh, darn. Not deleting it anymore because that's so much yeah, work. Um, so yeah. Anything else on on you want to talk about Taylor? Anything more about Trey as a as center fielding awesomeness? Trey Turner is doing exactly what Trey Turner is supposed to do, yeah. or has done at every level. He would go to a new level, suck for three to four weeks, and then hit about three twenty. Yep. Which well, yep. <laughs> we're there, and yeah. he's doing that, and he's hitting well, and the speed, man. Yeah. The speed is insane. Uh, there was a great piece on ESPN. I think it was – I read it Saturday morning, I want to say. Um, maybe I read it Friday morning. I'm not sure. Um, just kind of talking with people that know Trey Turner, um, scouts, former coaches, friends, other athletes, other baseball players. 
uh, just talking about Trey Turner and his insane speed. And more than one were like, I would absolutely take him in a foot race over Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I, the only re- the only reason Billy Hamilton is faster uh, is because he's coming out of the left side. Right, and th- that's a good point. Uh, but I I remember saying this at the very early on and being like he's got to be about as fast as Billy Hamilton. People were like, that's crazy. And I was like, I get that Billy Hamilton's very fast and he might still be faster when a foot race. But like, I think it's, I said very early on, I think it's closer than people are admitting that it is. And I think we're seeing that now that he's playing every day, that that every time he's on the base paths, he is making a significant impact. Even if he's not stealing, like pitchers now know who this guy is and how legitimate his speed is. And they have to pay attention to that. And it's, it's messing with their timing. It's messing with their ability to to continue to throw accurately from the stretch. I mean, he's making a huge, he's making a massive impact anytime he's on base at all. And uh, and that kind of speed is, you know, Billy Hamilton did the same thing. He was an infielder. He was fast and wasn't quite going to pan out there. Became a center fielder. That turned out pretty okay. Um, not to say it's an easy move. It's not. He's there's going to be a lot of work that he's going to have to do in the off season to if that's going to be the role the Nationals want him to be in. And I think that, as we discussed, it will be. But, uh, yeah, I very much am excited to see what he can continue to do and make an impact with his speed because it is incredible. It is truly it's incredible. Amazing. It's amazing how fast he is and how quickly he gets to first. Like, it's you kind of forget it's him, and then you're like, oh, crap, that was a routine ground ball. Yeah, and he was out by a quarter step, or he beat it out. Like, which he's done multiple times for the record, which is yeah. pretty pretty amazing. And hasn't hit that inside the park home run yet. Yeah, put it, put him in the right ballpark. And but he has five triples. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been up for like three minutes. So for like a month. Yeah, seriously, pretty incredible. So yeah, put put him in the right ballpark. Uh, you know, Marlins Park, or uh, although that's not quite as big as it was, but still huge. Or, you know, get, put, send him back to San Francisco into Triple's Alley and, you know, watch the enjoyment. It, it'll be good. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I want to talk a little, just kind of mention a thing uh, real quick before we move on to some uh, injury things. Um, so Max Scherzer took another no-hitter into the sixth inning this week. Uh, and so Dan Colco got an awesome start together. Uh, st- an awesome start. Huh. Stat together. That stat in, on the start. Stat on the starts. Uh, that 14% of Max Scherzer's starts as a national have been uh, no hitters into the sixth inning. And that's stupid. That's insane. Like it felt like it happened a lot, right? Like when you think about, you think back, you're like, yeah, it's always kind of a possibility. It just feels like it happens all the time. And then you know he, you know, somebody actually quantifies it, and you go, oh my god. It really it does, does happen, happen all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty insane. Um, and to be able to watch him do that, uh, I feel like we're getting to a point, if we're not already there, that with the way that co- baseball contracts are, are going and everything else, that, that like his contract's already basically paid for. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he's real good. Two no-hitters in a year with with just that the mentality and the leadership that he shows, uh, you know, on the field and everywhere else. I mean, it's, he, I think he's already paid for that contract and he's going to continue to help the nationals, obviously down through the stretch and hopefully into October. But, um, it's, 
he's real good. Like you said, he's just he's just real good. Yeah, I posted something um, that after he gave up a hit the other night, I was like, man, Max Scherzer hasn't thrown a no-hitter this year. What a bum. Yeah, seriously. He's only had a 20-strikeout game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was this year, too. God, I can't believe, <laughs> I, can't believe I didn't <laughs> mention that. Good God. Yeah. With a chance at 21. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, and the, not to mention the no-hitter the game that we were at was like one pitch away from a perfect game too. So, right. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. Fun to watch. Um, and then of course we have to, we've, we've got to talk about the big injuries, um, a little bit because let's talk about Harper first. Uh, you know, Harper's got the neck thing that the he's team, not on the disabled list. He's not on the disabled list. He's missed four days in a row. Yes. One of them has been an off day. So he will have missed five days in a row. But not yet on the disabled list. Um, the, the team wants him to wanted him to. Some reports were to shut him down for a bit, whatever that yeah. means. Like put him on the disabled list or yeah. something, right? I, no. Oh, apparently not. Okay. But apparently not. Um, so I don't know what to make of this situation. I, I don't know how long it's been going on. That's uh, the that's the thing because he's been real not good for a while. Um, yeah, and not just like underperforming, just like looking like he can't swing the bat right. Yeah, I mean it's just he's yes he's run into some because he's an incredibly good baseball player, but his swings when he like unless he is murdering a baseball, his swings just look bad all the time. He's He's bailing out, and he's just not... He, he doesn't have that powerful, intimidating swing that he's always had. So, um, even when he... You know, before his year last year, he ha- had that kind of intimidating, powerful, stay-through-the-ball type swing. And then it, right. he took it to a whole other level last year. But now we're seeing things that we haven't seen from him since, like, his rookie year, where he's just... He's falling to the first base side every time he's swinging. He's just not... Yeah. He's, Something's uh, wrong. We call stepping in the bucket. Yeah, every, every, every at bat he's stepping in the bucket. Yeah, like every at bat. It's crazy. It's it is quite strange. Um, and that the question is really, you have to wonder how long something has been bothering him. Exactly. Because I know he he quipped about how oh I slept on a uh, a bad pillow or something like that, but um. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, I'm pretty annoyed that he's going to be missing five days at least and still not put on the DL. Yeah. Uh, whereas, once again, Ryan Zimmerman, same thing, put on the DL and uh, eventually after how long? Yeah, it, w- it had been a little bit. And, uh, you, you know, you're just playing with a short bench. And yeah. there's just – there's no reason to do that. I mean, uh, a replacement player – He's a replacement player. It's better than no player at all, you know? Especially when a player like, uh, you know, unfortunately a player like Ryan Zimmerman, who has been not replacement level. <laughs> He's been yeah. worse than that. He's just been completely right. ineffective. Um, I, I, It's hitting a point where, yes, there's obviously a health issue, but it it's hitting a point where when Ryan Zimmerman hits the disabled list, the team is better. Yeah. And that's painful i don't i hate that right i mean that's not 
not how I how we want it to be, either one of us. But uh, I, there is a legitimate argument to be made that, uh, you know, having, oh gosh, Daniel Murphy at first base, despite the fact that even when he picked that ball from Scherzer the other day, he was surprised that he was able to pick it, and he showed it in his facial expression, which was hilarious. But, like, when you have that and you could put somebody like, you know, you put Turner at second base or you have Turner in center field and you put Defoe at second and uh, Espinosa at short, uh, the or even Clint Robinson at first base uh, against righties, the team is better off than Ryan Zimmerman playing baseball for them right now. And that sucks. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a... I don't know that it's not going to get better. I'm not saying that like in it, later this year or in future years. It's, but it's his trend. How not, it's been? It's his trend has not been up, and it's for a while, right? And not just this year. Um, and that's really disappointing. And it's hard to, and it's hard to take in for you and me. You know, that's just very difficult for and Nats fans in general. But I think it's, I don't know what to do about it, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's tough to watch Ryan Zimmerman playing right now, and he hasn't been. Yep. So he's on the disabled list. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper is not on the disabled list. Uh, Jose Lobatone is on the disabled list. Oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot that was a thing. Yeah, Pedro Severino is the backup catcher at the moment, which I know will please uh, Ryan Sullivan. That's true. I know. I know that for sure. Um, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere that he, because he has the, the L, uh, Lobotone with the elbow tendonitis, I believe it was. And, uh, but it's in his catching elbow and he was saying how painful it was to catch. And when you think about, you know, trying to catch a 90 something mile an hour fastball, that's, uh, you know, when you ha- already have an issue in that elbow, that's not going to feel good. That's not going to feel good at all. I completely forgot that was a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk Olympics or something else? We're we're low on topics here because uh, real quick, a little uh, potpourri action, maybe. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, this is a fun one. Tim Tebow. Oh God, how did I not see that coming? Tim Tebow. Why don't you share your thoughts about Tim Tebow wanting to become a Major League Baseball player, Craig? Hard pass. <laughs> hard hard pass. Uh, Hard pass. Yeah. Well, uh, Tim Tebow. Okay. He's quote unquote an athlete. Uh, <laughs> hasn't played professional sport in quite some time. I do understand that coming out of high school, he had played baseball and he was a uh, projected fifth through seventh round draft pick. I understand that. But high school baseball at age 17. 18 is very different than professional baseball at age 29 or however old he is. Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's a bit different. It screams publicity stunt. Yes, it does. I, w- I want to be back into the public eye, and it's been a while, and so I'm going to do a thing. Uh, how does this differ for you? And I know how it does for me, but how does it differ for you with... Uh, Bo Jackson, uh, Deion Sanders, Michael Jordan, any of those guys doing a similar type thing? Well, Bo Jackson was one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yep. Um, And he had the 
raw skill and athletic wherewithal to be one of the best players in football and play baseball at a high level. Yep. Whereas Michael Jordan didn't. Uh, Yes, yes, he was great. And the fact that he hit over 200 in double A is astounding. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but... And Deion Sanders, too, was pretty decent. Deion Sanders, I don't remember too much, but yeah, uh, I'm sure he was fine. Tim Tebow is not of that athleticism. And, And I think that's proven by the fact that he's not really even... Like, he was a fringe NFL player. So this that was the difference to me, right? Like, this is not a guy who was at... Like, you could argue that both, you know, but all three of those guys I just mentioned, Jackson, Sanders, and Jordan, were among the best of what they did at that sport. Deion Sanders is one of the best cornerbacks of all time. Bo Jackson's one of the best all-around athletes ever. Michael Jordan's one of the best, if not the best, basketball player of all time. So those guys are the best at what they did and then they tried another thing Bo Jackson was very good at it the other guys you know in between Tim Tebow was like barely an actual football player and right. he's, and now he's like trying to get back into it I'm not if he wants to give it a shot fine but my problem with it lies in, and I think that you if I remember correctly from what I read what you put on Twitter you have a similar thing like this is a guy that is going off of name recognition for being kind of a, you know, a, a much-talked-about figure from early on in his career to, you know, wanting to kind of remain in the limelight a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just feels, it feels a little dirty. And Yeah, it's, it's taking, it and screams it, publicity stunt, and... Uh, I do acknowledge that yes, minor league uh, minor league teams love a publicity stunt, but uh, it screams more independently. I know yeah. the Chesapeake Blue Crabs. Uh, Chesapeake? No. I, I'm not sure if I'm getting that right. Oh god, I'm drawing uh, a blank. That's embarrassing. Independent league uh, team in Maryland. They actually put out a press release inviting him to join their team. That's the kind of thing that they should be doing. You know, the fact that Jose Canseco is still you know, popping around, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I hadn't really considered that. Like, if you want to give this a try, I give it a try. Get some independent league to, you know, some semi-pro league to, to give you a chance to do it. Like, that, I'm totally on board with. Yeah, yeah that's a so, smart move, smart move. Good, uh, good yeah, call. definitely a smart move. I don't want to see him taking uh, a spot from that, a, someone that you know, has been trying for this their entire life. That is my ultimate beef with this. Some some kid who was drafted decided to make baseball his career, not football his career, was drafted. He wanted to make base, take the chance of baseball and has worked up through the levels, you know, as a did, did a rookie ball. Maybe he was a, you know, a 15th round draft pick and stuck with it. And he, and he gets removed from a, you know, a single-A roster to make room for Tim Tebow for a political... From his career. For, yeah, like Tim Tebow, you know... Is has other paths to a career, whether yeah. you know he wants to do those or not. To, he could do ads and uh, he wants to be on TV. He exactly. wants to be a politician. Exactly, and he's going to be able to make money from from his career in other ways. This some kid that is like trying to make a career out of baseball against all possible odds and making you know fifteen thousand dollars a year to do it. I don't know, like to kick a guy out of that. That's it bothers me. 
Yeah, so um, I don't want to see the Nationals sign him for those reasons. I agree. I don't think there's any legitimate way, um, especially considering the aging curve. Uh, he's already going to be, if he makes the majors, which big if, um, he's already going to be 29, 30 years old. So who's he going to displace? I mean, that's it's just there's so much against it. And really, is he going to ride a bus in single A when he's Tim Tebow and he can just uh, do this and ESPN Sports Center is going to spend an hour talking about it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't sure. think he's going to. So uh, I just wanted to mention that because it was kind of a fun thing that popped up that was uh, a little flight of fancy. And the other is... Uh, What's your take on Yasiel Puig going to AAA? So I do want to hit that, but Beth uh, asked a good question. I'm, I'm glad that she brought it up because I read this and I thought it was awesome on the Tebow thing about what uh, Buck Walter had to say. Did you see his comments on the Tebow situation at all? I didn't see his comments, no. It's really good. So he, I, I just pulled it up while you were saying that, and then we'll talk about Puig. Um, he said, I better leave that one alone. Am I intrigued? No, not at all. Amused? No, not at all. I think about what these guys do in our Dominican Academy and Delmarva and Aberdeen and the Gulf Coast League and Frederick and, and Bowie and, no, and Norfolk. Uh, I take it very seriously. Uh, I'm sorry. I take very seriously the stuff they have to do to get the opportunities and do what they're doing. Somebody will sell some tickets in the spring. I should be careful. We may sign him. I bet he was a good player in high school. I was too. Like, and for Buck Walters nice. to say that, I, I mean, I think that's awesome. And you're right. That is very, very close to uh, in, in line with – what, how we feel about it. And I think that Buck in that kind of role is smart to say it, but also, yeah, you could feel him treading a little bit because he, he kind of caught himself like, oh yeah, we might sign them. I better shut up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought yeah. that was good. Um, but yeah, the I, on the flip side, I saw very little about the Puig situation, except for the fact that, you know, obviously he was, he was demoted. Uh, he was DF, he wasn't DFA'd. He was just optioned, right? He had options. To the minors? Oh, um, I'm trying to think. I know he had to clear wait. I know he had to clear waivers. Oh, he did have to clear waivers. Okay. I I thought that he had options. I don't know. He how. did have to clear waivers. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, no, I don't think his contract set him up for options. Oh, that's true. Um, I always because, I always forget that international uh, league signings international signings are different. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It it was because it was maybe someone's going to pick him up, but then you realize how much money he has left on his contract and how. I believe I might have even said it on the, the last show we did. He's not been good for about a year. Yeah, it, it, he's he's been he's been he's bad. really been a mediocre baseball player. And you know he he now has two like from back in the day you could make an argument that um, uh, maybe Don Mattingly didn't quite know how to deal with him or, or whatever. But now he's kind of got two managers being like, yeah, this guy. I don't know about this guy. So. You know, it, it's fun to watch his bat flips and everything else, but it, it seems like he's he's made few friends in the process. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, you want to see what happens with him when he goes to Oklahoma City. Um, I want to see the guy succeed because I think he's good for baseball. I think he's fun uh, when he's going well, but he definitely, as you said, didn't make friends. And if you can't get along with Dave Roberts as yeah, your manager. Exactly. That's a problem. And uh, I know there was 
an erroneous report when it first came out by Ken Rosenthal, who admittedly owned up to his mistake. Because he's a class And act. apologized yeah. for it. Um, but Puig was told he, he waited a couple days or was given a couple days to report. And I haven't heard anything about it since. And that's exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. Well, I did see something recently. Uh, oh, did you? From I follow Andy McCullough on. Oh, yeah. On on the Twitter, and he's funny. Uh, he is one of the best uh, uh, beat writers in the biz. Yes, he is. He's extremely good. Um, and apparently, there is some 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 Snapchat video going around about uh, Puig that he was like, uh, very intoxicated someplace and doing a thing with some of his. Triple A teammates or something. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not smart. Yeah. Not not when pe- when people are looking for a reason to uh, to rail on you. Not like the best plan in the entire world. Right. Um. But you know, it's a it's a tough situation for him. Tough situation for everybody. To be t- totally honest. So. Yeah. Uh, you got yeah. any other minutia? I don't really have too much minutia at the moment. I must I must say. It's been a it's been a weird week. Yeah, it has. Oh, man. Okay. What's that? Um, the beer I just opened. I just got a little little taste of it on my finger as I opened it. No, ooh, hello. What is it? Yeah. Uh, I, today I have a uh, a beer from Long Trail. Nice. Out of uh, Vermont. It is their Smash series. Uh, it is Single Malt, Single Hop. S-M-A-S-H. Smash. Ooh. Um and this is their, uh, I believe it's volume two of it. It is, uh, the malt is Golden Promise and the hop is Citra. So it is fresh and delicious. Lovely. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I am. I'm glad. Are you enjoying anything? Uh, I do not have uh, any beer at the moment. So I have uh, a uh, smidgen of, of Jameson that I have been nursing for the show. A smidgen, a nice. A smidgen, yes, it's just a smidgen of Jameson that I've been nursing for the for the pod. Very good. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I know we didn't have much of a a question situation this week. It's been a been a weird week, weird podcast week. So we are gonna. We were. We had no idea if we were even gonna be able to try to record until about four o'clock today. Yeah, until early this afternoon, I did not know that I was going to even be able to do the show. So. Uh, we, it was a bit of a last minute thing, so we are going to run short and, uh, yeah, we, we didn't do a big question thing, but, uh, we do appreciate everybody, t- uh, tuning in and, uh, and, and joining us for the conversation. Uh, we will chat. Anything else before I close it out, Greg? Can't think of anything, dude. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play, uh, play us off here. We will talk a little bit after the music ends. For those of you who, who have hung out live, we appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk On The Go. For more information, check us out at NatsTalkOnTheGo.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. 
See you next time. Let's go Nats!